Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. Passion, drive, and patience. What brings home the winning trophy is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. From superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has got you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to turn your car into the MVP and bring home that win. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Welcome, welcome to the Brett Boone Podcast. Explore the mind of MLB All-Star, Silver Slugger, and Gold Glove winner, Brett Boone, as he sits down with his friends from the world of professional sports. Now, Now, up to to bat, Brett Boone. Something interesting about about Mark McLemore. Playton, at the time... Back, back in you know, back 20 years ago, uh, the American League West was composed of four teams, mm-hmm. and it was Texas, it was Anaheim, it was Oakland, it was Seattle. You played for all four, but you also played for Houston, who's now the fifth team in the American League West. <laughs> so, little fun thing I thought I'd do. Give me, uh, give me something. We're gonna do another little, little uh, rapid fire. We're gonna go with Oakland ballpark city vibe. Whew. Ballpark used to be nice, one of the best. Love the speaker system. That was probably the best thing about it. The pregame music before, uh, you know, during batting practice. Um, city, not all that great. Vibe mm, on a scale no. of one to five, uh, minus four, because it was really nothing. You had to go to San Francisco. That's where everything was. Um, team, 80s, 90s, some of the best players in the game. So playing them, you always had to be on. And then they went through a long lull. But, man, they had some, you know, a couple of groups there that were very special. Anaheim. Oh. Park best City ballpark. vibe. <laughs> park. Best ballpark in the game at the time. I love City, it, ah, not so much. Again, you had to go out of Anaheim to really, you know, go into L.A. basically to really have something. So vibe. Uh, the vibe was actually pretty good because we averaged, I think, maybe 31, 32,000 a game. So that place would, would get to rocking most of the time. Uh, we'll go with Houston. Hated it. <laughs> Absolutely hated it. Everything about it. Uh, then the Dome, uh, not my favorite place to play. Uh, the city vibe was actually pretty good, uh, even though the team that I, when I was there, we weren't all that good. And I, I, I joke with a. Uh, Craig Biggio, that I made him a Hall of Famer. Uh, I'm sure not many people know that I was the second baseman that he replaced. <laughs> <That stayed laughs> there forever. Uh, so uh, if I had been any good, he might not have ended up at second base right then. Um, so ballpark, zero vibe, probably about four. <laughs> zero. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, hated that one. Go ahead, go Minute ahead. Maid is good. Minute Maid is good. Yeah. Yeah. Good place to hit. Uh, last, Seattle. Oh no, no, no! We got two more. Seattle. Oh my God! <sighs> Special place. 
special city vibe off the charts. Uh, our teams, uh, those fans there, top notch. It didn't matter where we went. They were baseball fans. They knew the game. They didn't just, they weren't just uh, front runners jumping on the bandwagon. They were there to support us. So uh, city off the charts, vibe off the charts, team obviously off the charts. And now, and, and you've been involved with the Texas Rangers in, in several capacities. Now you work for them, do the pre and post. Uh, you were a player for them, but also, Mac, you've played in three. No, you probably didn't play in the most recent park, but you've been a part of three ballparks in Arlington. I was a part. I, I've never seen the new one. Yeah. Looks nice on TV. No idea. But uh, I, I, my rookie year, the old ballpark in Arlington was still there. And then the ballpark came in and now you got a new one. Uh, Texas, uh, Texas Rangers. Oof. Uh, <clears throat> an organization trying to build tradition. Um, so I, I'll give the organization, especially right now, and actually the, the group that had it, uh, the George Bush group that had it when I was here, um, off the charts, they were, they were, they were working to be top notch. And I think they got, they got there, uh, the city, the fans <clears throat> are exceptional here too. Uh, they know the game, even though the Cowboys are right next door, the Rangers are not far behind in, in fans hearts here, uh, and team. This year, especially, oh, they're good. Really, really good. Yeah, yeah. How is that? How's that yard? How how does it fly compared to the the last ballpark? Oh, it doesn't fly out like the last one. No, not far behind. There's not, right. you know, the, that jet stream out to right center. Right field. center, right. Um, you got to hit it. There's no question. It's not necessarily a pitcher's ballpark. I think you know, on that scale, it's probably right in the middle of the road. Um, you know, you've got to hit it, especially if you're going to hit it to center field, but for some guys, it just doesn't matter. You know, it doesn't matter where, where they're playing. It's out wherever. But for me, I think it's a pretty fair ballpark. Uh, let's talk about the AL West. Um, <clears throat> Texas, obviously, uh, I've been following them all year. The beginning of the year. You know, Texas has been uh, – we haven't heard from the Texas Rangers in a while. You know, they made the big splash a couple of years ago with bringing on Seager and Simeon to those big contracts. Uh, this year they went out they added Evalde. Gray came over. Uh, and then at the trading deadline, you get Montgomery and Scherzer. It, people aren't talking that much about Montgomery. I think that's a big pickup. I think that gives you a ton of depth in the in the starting rotation. But I watch his offense, Mac, and top to bottom. I mean, if Seager could stay healthy, uh, and Otani's not on this earth, Seager's an MVP. You know, he, he's having that type of year. Uh, but top to bottom, I'm watching Garcia and and Heim and Jung. Uh, I know got hurt. Uh, Duran stepped in when Seager's out, and now you got to find a place for him when Seager's back. It's just it, it seemed like they've been clicking on all cylinders. You went out, you made the big move, you brought in the teddy bear Bruce Bochy, who I got to play for in San Diego, and and love him to death. Uh, tell me what you're seeing. You see these guys on a day to day basis. Uh, what are you seeing? We'll talk a little bit about the West and the two teams, especially Houston and Seattle, chasing them. I'll tell you what, this is a special, this is a special team. Uh, and Chris Young, the general manager, the best move that he made for me was getting the teddy bear. And in order to get the teddy bear to come out of retirement, he really had, they really had to lay out a plan uh, that I think Bochy would feel was a doable plan. 
So you get him out of retirement, then you go get Simeon. You get Seager in the same offseason. That is a really, really good start, uh, a great start. You've just solidified the middle of your infield for the next at least seven years was, uh, you know, the original contract for uh, at least Simeon and then 10 for Seager. So you've solidified the middle of of your infield. You go out, you identify the pitchers that you want, and then you go and get them. I think everybody can go out and identify, hey, who the top free agents are and, you know, say put them on their wish list. But to be able to go out there and get those guys, to pull that off, to get a Jacob deGrom this past winter, to get uh, Nathan Evaldi, who I think is uh, definitely underrated among fans, but definitely not against his peers. Everybody knows what he can do, and uh, he'll get back in that rotation pretty soon. But being able to put a team together with uh, Bochi being the manager, like you said, you played for him. I watched and played against him for years so knowing the kind of manager he is, number one, he doesn't panic. Number two, he's got that quiet intensity, too. He can, he can turn that teddy bear into a grizzly bear in a heartbeat. But he just knows the game, and more importantly, he knows his personnel. So having, you know, being able to push that button to get Durant out there and get him those consistent bats for him to do what he did the five weeks that Corey Seager was out, huge. And then even now, being able to weather this five-game losing streak, first time they've won five or lost five games in a row all season long, guiding them through that, just watching his demeanor. I talked about it on the show last night. That is so huge. The first person you're looking to when you come in that clubhouse, the manager. Where's his head? What you know? Is he hot today? Is he pissed off? Is he good? Is he calm? Is he you know up or down? All of those things. Uh, Bochi brings and then he just it just trickles down through the organization so with him doing what he's doing the players this organization's put together it's it's been a really exciting season and I know you know leads down to one and a half technically two games but we've all seen it we've all seen it you know six weeks ago two months ago somebody's going into a slump or a hot streak and then whatever that is it switches back up again. And so watching Houston and the Rangers, you know, kind of go through it a little bit and Seattle just absolutely catching on fire. I think they're at what seven in a row now uh, watching them bring it all close. This is fun. A A lot of fun. Yo, Trey. Kevin, what's up, man? You know, I've been thinking, what would have happened if the NBA never vetoes the Chris Paul trade to the Lakers and we get CP3 in the same backcourt as Kobe in L.A.? Well, you get a very happy Jack Nicholson, for sure. And the Lakers probably win a bunch more championships. CP3 finally gets a ring or two or three. And the Kardashian empire is forever altered. What did you just say? Hey, everybody, I'm Trey Wingo. And I'm Kevin Frazier, and we're teaming up on a new weekly sports podcast from Wondery Alternate Routes. As former sports center anchors and current sports obsessives we're consumed by all the what if questions that make being a sports fan so excruciatingly fun if you're like us then you also live and die on the fallout from every drop pass or play call each week on alternate routes we'll take a flashpoint in sports break down what actually happened then explore every alternate scenario and the ripple effects it would have caused follow alternate routes on the wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts you can listen early and ad free right now by joining wondery plus well, the Seattle team, and and you get to see them. Uh, well, this year's the first year they have the the uh, the, the schedule that's not heavy weighted for your division, right. so you're not seeing them as much as you have in the past. But you've been watching them the last couple of years. That's a talented young pitching staff. That Seattle Mariner ball 
ball club has. That bullpen's really good. Now they get they gave away Seawald at the at the trading mm-hmm. deadline. They're closer and they lost a few games. But you're right, they're on fire. I'm watching them right now. They won. They rattled off I think eight in a row. Then they had three heartbreakers. They lost two to Baltimore, one to Kansas City, both extra inning games, and now they've won seven in a row. I think they've won something ridiculous like 17 out of their last 20 or 16 of the last 20, and they put themselves in position, and they haven't been all year. If the season ended today, they're in. They're in that wild card spot along with Houston, and uh, the Texas still at the top of that division. I think it's going to be – it, it, interesting because I don't discount the Houston factor. Houston just, mm-hmm. you know, we haven't been talking about them all year. Texas has been the, the Rangers have been the story. You know, Houston's right. been the story for seven years and mm-hmm. they've been running second to Texas all year. So they're not getting talked about as much. It kind of like the Dodgers over there in the National League. Right. Not getting talked, but quietly, they just rattled off 17 out of 20 as well. And mm-hmm. nobody's paying attention. We're paying attention yeah. to the to the Orioles that are having an unbelievable year. Uh, race in the National League Central. Uh, Cincinnati and Cubs have both haven't been in the picture for a long time. So there's a lot of interesting headlines in Major League Baseball right now, but everybody's kind of, nobody's saying anything about Houston. Who knows? Maybe this is the year they don't make a lot of noise. But uh, break down your what you're seeing from the Houston Astros and from the Seattle Mariners. For me, I, I, I'm not sure that Seattle is actually just quite there just yet. I think they're hot right now and not necessarily good, but going into postseason, it's th- it's going to be not just a good team because everybody that gets there is good. It's going to be the hot team. Who's playing the best? We we both have been there and we've been through that. We may have been the best. We didn't we didn't finish it that year. So right now I think Seattle's kind of hot. I think they'll cool off. But for me, it for a while it's been Texas and Houston. Houston is going to be there in the end. The Rangers had a 10-game lead on them at one point. And I think maybe Seattle's probably been as far back as 14, if I remember correctly. So it always changes throughout the year, and you can't start crowning people at the All-Star break because there's so many things that can happen. An injury to a key guy. Uh, your team just doesn't play well for whatever reason. Uh, your guys that are supposed to you know, be your horses can't get the job done. So there are a lot of different things that can go wrong. But for this Rangers club, man, uh, these guys go out there, they compete every single day. Even when they, you know, they're going through a little lull like this, it only takes one swing for all of that to change. One great outing by a starter or a reliever to step up and shut down, a, you know, a game or two here. It just takes one thing. But for me, the Rangers are going to be there. Houston's a veteran team. They've won it before. They've got Dusty Baker. They've got... Uh, their full lineup back, uh, Alvarez, Altuve, Bregman. Pena's done a, a fantastic job at short. Uh, DeBron has filled in at, at a couple of spots, especially when Altuve was out early in the year. So um, they've got a really good team. I just know at the end they will be there. And who knows, the Mariners might hang on, but for me I think it's going to come down to the last couple of weeks of the season, uh, especially with us and the Mariners because we play the Mariners seven out of the last ten. So that, that's going to be an interesting 10 days. We're going to see what teams are going to be, you know, what they're made of. And I don't see the Mariners really falling back to 10 back. So those last couple of weeks is going to be a really, really important time. And you mentioned he'll be back eventually. But the, I, I think the key to this Rangers team and the key to that rotation especially is, yeah, you got Scherzer in place now. Montgomery's there. Gray's been 
done a great job for you all year, but it's it's Evaldi is the X factor for me. If you can put at the top of the rotation a postseason uh, pitching well, Evaldi Scherzer uh, one two, that's as tough as it gets for me. And now the only team that I think. Uh, can can counter that and be better. They're over in the other league. That's the Atlanta Braves, top to bottom. They're ridiculous. You know, from from offense, defense, uh, pitching staff, top to bottom. That bullpen, they, they don't have a weakness. So, other than the Braves, I, I've been watching the Rangers all year, and especially offensively. I mean, they're a fun team to watch, top to bottom. They just they rake. So, should be interesting. I think uh, I'm pretty much with you on all time. I might. The only thing I, I disagree with a little bit, I think that the Mariners as an offense, very mediocre, very average, with the exception of, you know, Julio, who who's that star that he's going to be a star for 10 years, a superstar in this game. I think it's pretty ordinary other than that. They got some power, but that young pitching staff, that Kirby yes. and, and, and Gilbert and Castillo, who who's kind of the young veteran at the top of that staff. He anchors the staff. I don't know. I think they can give a lot of people problems. So you never know. I watched that Phillies team a year ago uh, come from out of nowhere, and they were two wins away from winning the World Series. So you're right. It's the hot team. It's not necessarily the best team. It's who's hot at the right time. A little different than when mm-hmm. we both came back into the league, you know, where it was tough to get to the postseason. Yeah. Yeah. Now it's not that tough to get there. It's just once you get there, there's landmines all over the place. Everywhere. And you never know who's coming out of where to step up and have a great game. Maybe some guy out of the bullpen that you had no idea was going to do it and get it done. Or you a guy hitting eighth or ninth, you know, gets the job done. So, yeah, it's a little bit different. A lot of fun. Uh, especially I, I do. I kind of like this format where you have more teams in it longer. Not so sure about, you know, having 62 teams. Uh, going at it, the playoffs, but just having more teams that are into it, you know, going into September, you know, unlike us when we kind of shut things down and or you know shut the rest of the league down by August. <laughs> so, right, right. Uh, this, this, it's going to be interesting, a fun year. Well, I think you're right too, and I think it's uh, from a fan's perspective, from a city's perspective. You know, 30 years ago. Uh, three quarters of baseball. The city, the cities were an ML have an MLB club. They'd be talking football right now, right. but because of the new format, I mean, seventy. It, it just kind of flipped it. Seventy five percent of the teams are in this race right now, where yep. back in the day, twenty five teams would be. So I think for the good of the game, the visibility, the optics, I think it's a great format. Yeah. But the only thing yeah. I don't like as a purist is it, it kind of cheapens that one sixty two. You know. That 162 used to be, uh, that was a coveted thing. Like, well, we're yes. going to find out who the best team is because we're going to see over 162 who comes out on top. And that's not the case anymore. But right. it's 2023 and it's a different era. And who knows in 2063 what it's going to be like. Uh, Mac, I appreciate you coming on the program, man. A lot of fun. Uh, great catching man. great catching up at the All-Star game. Give my best to the family. Uh Love you, and and this is a lot of fun. Let's stay in, let's stay in in touch, and and I'm sure I'll see you down the road here soon. Uh, for those of you watching the Boone Podcast on YouTube, wherever you watch it or listening to the Boone Podcast, I appreciate you tuning in, and we'll see you next time. Twenty four hundred Sports is an Odyssey company. 